Hey game friends, GM John here. Ravenloft Tiny Terrors is a spooky, silly podcast that may contain scenes that aren't appropriate for all listeners. As always, all specific content warnings for each episode can be found in the episode descriptions. We're using the Sword and Sorcery Ravenloft books from the early 2000s, as well as the Pathfinder First Edition role-playing system to play this game. This podcast was actually recorded before Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft for a fifth edition was printed, so if you're using that book, things will be a little different here. In lieu of referring you to books that may be out of print, if you want to learn more about Ravenloft and the background of the podcast's world, make certain to check out the Fraternity of Shadows, home of Ravenloft on the internet, at www.fraternityofshadows.com. With no further ado, we hope you enjoy the show. game friends to the real play games podcast a podcast where i your game master john and my friends run through a number of different tabletop role-playing game systems some of them obscure and some really popular we are playing another session of our ravenloft tiny terrors game i believe this is session number four if i'm not mistaken i believe you sure we'll take it with me as always i of course have the two people both of whom you've already heard why don't we go and introduce ourselves this time we'll start with harm no, Rue goes first. Oh, yeah? The way it's supposed to be. I'm ruining it? Yeah. All right, Rue, then I guess we'll do things by the book since boring old Harm wants to do it that way. <laughs> All right. Hello, I'm Rue. I'm playing your moon boy, Lupo Cthulhu. <laughs> and I'm Harm. I play Lupo's cousin, Ify Cthulhu, and I'm playing a telekinetic mad dog barbarian, half-link, and her wolf companion, yes, sir. You know, one of the standard characters that you just pick up right out of the core book, you know. Just a normal character. So just to recap, the last time we were with these two wonderful cousins, they had taken a long boat journey from Martira Bay in Darkon, ended up going through Lamordia. At one point, one of the crew members on the ship was attacked by a giant starfish and eaten. However, if he managed to get a lucky shot in with a new power that she'd just developed and knocked it right off of the boat, so it wasn't really an issue after that. Then they took a quick pit stop in Lamordia, ended up getting some nicely crafted items and enjoying a little bit of the local scenery before getting back on the boat and heading to their final destination, which was the Port of Lucene in the country of Damanliu. They then sought out the address that had been listed on one of the letters that Jackson had sent with them only to find that it led to the home of one of the greatest detectives in the entirety of the Corps, Alonic Ray. After introductions were made and they secured lodgings at Ray's house, they ended up going to visit the Maison du Cire, a waxwork museum, where neither of them really understood the purpose of any of the displays and just felt kind of aggressive towards the staff, especially when the staff tried to fleece them at the end of the show and they ended up breaking something on one of the doors. They were rude, and Ify doesn't understand art. 
And we pick up on them leaving the waxwork in a bit of a huff. It is the evening of their arrival. And the entire city of Damaliu is still buzzing with activity. Not quite as much as it had been when you arrived initially, but there's still quite a lot going on. Well, if he's hungry and she hasn't bought anything for Jackson or for Sasha yet in this town. So I think she's going to be like looking around at all the hustle and bustle and being like, can we get food and and maybe something like small for the people we love? Little gifts? Yes. Uh, I will look around and see if I can see anything. Yeah. Do we see anything that has a food stall or... The area that you're in specifically isn't much of a mercantile area, but you did get a little bit of information from Alonic regarding the different sections of the city. And you know that if you were to want to buy something specifically, the Merchant's Quarter, also known as the Quartier Merchand, is the place that you would want to go to to make any purchases like that. He says it's where most of the larger or better stocked stores in the city are. How far are they from us? The walk would probably end up being about 10 blocks because you're in the, the Quartier Public right now. Okay, do you want to walk or ride? Uh, might as well ride. Okay. You do have dogs that are large enough for the both of you to climb on top of. Yeah, so I'm going to hop up on Yes Sir and we'll ride towards the market quarters. Okay, okay. now as you're going through the Quartier Public, which is the public quarter, You see there's a lot of governmental buildings in this area. And in addition, there's also a fair amount of what look like places to get meals. You would think like an inn or a tavern or something. But a lot of them have the words cafe out on the front. And many of them have a terraced outside area where people are sitting and eating their meals outdoors. Do you think a calf means out place? Like an outdoors eating? Cafe? Linguistics of... (laughs) <laughs> I'm not even going to make you roll for that one, Lupo. You specifically know a cafe. Basically, they sell smaller, lighter meal items for the most part. And especially in this country, they're more a place to go and be seen and to socialize than they are necessarily a place just to eat. I will say that. <laughs> well, that sounds dumb. Who wants to be looked at when you could be eating food? But I mean, they're bigger people. So their meals, they're light meals. They're probably a heavy meal to us. Oh. Okay, yeah, we can eat there. Just as long as people aren't going to be looking at me. That's weird. (laughs) She said that's uh, one of the few halflings in the city sitting astride a wolf. (laughs) Looking like a child. (laughs) I don't like being stared at. (laughs) You're going to go to one of the cafes? Yeah. When you get there, there's a gentleman standing outside wearing a very crisp white shirt. He's got a thinning hairline, very weaselly face, thinning black hair on top of his head. He's got what looks like a cloth tucked over one of his arms and is wearing a pair of really dark colored black slacks. As the two of you ride up on your dogs, you're going to like dismount, I assume, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's only polite. As you come up and walk towards the entrance, he says, your animals will have to wait. They may not come inside the cafe. They must remain outside of the gating if you wish to dine outside. Can we get a table near the gating? We. And you are sure, of course, that you can afford some meal? I actually don't know how much money I have. Let me double check. I have 11 gold. Ooh, he sees your hesitancy. <laughs> well, I have 515 gold pieces. Would that be enough? I'm not asking him. I'm just like, that's enough for a good meal, right? Oh, yeah. You can eat many fine meals or a couple of really super, super fancy meals here. They have restaurants like that, too, but this is not one of those. 
if he's just going to beam at him and go, yep, no problem. He kind of looks down at you. He doesn't really tilt his head. He just looks down over his hawkish nose at you and he says, very well. And he leads you, basically, he opens up a little gate and leads you to the most unoccupied area of the cafe. You notice that there's an open table to either side of where you're located at, right by the edge of the fencing. Does that mean the dogs can sit next to us on the other side of the fence? Yes. Okay, cool. He says, we have several varieties of wine. We have, of course, a little treat we call sparkling water. Sparkling water? We. Oui. We'll have one of those each. Mais oui. He brings you a... It looks like a big scroll, but it's on a harder backing material. You think it may be a light wood or something. It says, Le Mans You, and places it on the table. Does it do anything? It, it's a menu. Oh, okay. I'll pick it up like, look and see. I'll probably order there. Can I come up with something super just... It looks like they have several kinds of quiches. They have seafood bisque soup. Ostensibly French cuisine. Because you're in Fanta, France. Ortolan? Do you ask for that? Yes. He gives you kind of a sideways look and holds out his hand. Well, if he wants to lick it so bad. (laughs) Is that what I do here? (laughs) I assume he wants money. Yeah, it looks like he expects some kind of money. Um, How much that would it be? I give five. What are the prices on the the menu? There are none. Oh, God. That's gauche. If he slowly puts one piece in his hand of gold and waits to see what he does, and if he doesn't seem like that's enough, she puts a second one. She's not letting him see how many she has. She's just going to slowly place them one by one into his hand. Okay, give me a diplomacy check. I I will also... What? You're placing money in two? Yeah. Okay, give me a diplomacy check with a... We're going to say a plus one modifier to your roll because halflings aren't exactly treated super great in this place, but you're giving him money and you asked for something that's very fancy. Yeah. Uh, 25. I rolled a nat 20. Oh my goodness. And so for a total of 22. He looks between the both of you and he gets this little sly smile that makes you feel slightly uncomfortable. He leans in and says, Quartier savant, chez Henri. If you go now, you can just make it. Oh. Did they get their sparkling water? Yeah, he brought it out. Does if you like it? It's no. very bubbly, but it's more like tonic water. So it's very bubbly. I don't think I've ever had sparkling water. So I'm going to guess that it's not Iffy's favorite. She tastes it. She likes the bubbles, but she's like, I think it could taste better. She mutters in halfling to yes, sir, because... She can see Lupo and the waiter having a moment. <laughs> but I will uh, thank him and hand him another gold piece. We gave him three altogether, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He says, I, I would recommend it. It is an experience. I will say, I'll have the... Uh... Well, he told us to go somewhere else to get the thing you asked for, which if he has no idea what you asked for. Now, just to ask, Harm, do you know what Ortolan is? No. Let me make sure... I would know what it is. Well, no, I don't have any. I don't have that. How much French culture do you think I've been exposed to in my lifetime? Okay. Well, just to let you know, Ortolan is, put it to you this way. You're supposed to cover your head when you eat it so God can't see you doing it. Is it people? (laughs) No, but taboo-wise, it's kind of close. Okay, is it 
it's this a bird a that they drown in wine. So wait, killing a bird with wine is somehow worse than the other ways we slaughter animals? You, you have to eat the whole thing. You eat the whole thing? Yeah, you eat it bones and all. How big is the bird? It's small. Like a, like a baby duck? Like a like a wren, like a like a finch, probably. Oh, that sounds mean. I don't think I don't think if he wants to eat that. <laughs> yeah, you you drown it in the wine first, and then I believe some people it don't like some people cook it in the same wine. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're cooking it in its own. I mean, honestly, it's kind of like cooking a lobster, I guess. Yeah, I just mean like I don't know why God would be like madder at you for drowning an animal than the many many other ways we abuse animals. Well, I mean, the French are dramatic, and I'm sure that the one French person that listens to our podcast will agree with that. <laughs> There's also the egg. The, is it balut? Yeah, balut. Also horrible. <laughs> I, I just don't think the French need to take all this guilt on themselves. Like it's, it sounds like it would be not great to eat, but you don't need to hide from God. I'm sure he has seen way worse. So it's illegal now to eat it. It's, it's illegal. Like, yeah. Well, cause you're drowning animals, which isn't great. <laughs> like I'm not saying that I condone the drowning of animals. I just find it funny that they're like veal is fine. <laughs> but don't you drown those birds. God doesn't like that. Like, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. So, Pigs. so I'm just going to uh, croak monsieur and be done with it. Yeah, they croak monsieur is available. If he's ordering quiche, because she knows what that is. No, she probably doesn't. She just, do they have pictures on the menu? No. She just picks something at random. So you're getting a keeping helping of escargot. Ooh. Oh, I don't think she'd mind that. No. I liked it when I had it. Yeah, she'll happily eat that. Yeah, and the two of you, after his initial frostiness, especially since he thinks he's found two kindred weirdos, like he apparently is, the server kind of warms up to you a little bit, and he brings out your food in a reasonable amount of time. It's delightful. It's some of the best food you've had since you left home. It's great that he warmed up to us, because if he was going to trip him every time he walked near their table otherwise. Why don't both of you give me perception checks? 19. Oh, no. Should our dogs roll, too? Yeah, you can roll for your dogs if you like. It's an 18 for me. Oh, you got 19 and 18? Roll no more. Roll no more. You're fine. Okay, my dog got <laughs> higher than us, so. Yeah, my dog got a 20. Yeah, but th- there's only so much they could relate to you. It's not like they could be like, hey, the two of you both see... At first, it looks like a street urchin, like a child wearing shabby clothes, but you realize... The clothes, even being shabby, are far too nice for a street urchin. And the dirtiness on the boy, it looks like he's applied dirt to himself or has tried to make himself look dirtier than he is. Where he's clean, he's far too clean to be just a poor child. You can see him kind of mincing around like a couple of feet away from where the dogs are at near the corner of the building. And it looks like he eventually just swallows his anticipation and he starts walking over towards your table. So he's on the other side of the fence? Correct. And he looks very nervously at the dogs, but he motions towards the both of you. He's a little blonde boy. You guess he's maybe seven, eight years old tops. If he's going to be like, hey, come here. They won't hurt you. He comes over to the fence and he's kind of looking around nervously. He says, Madame, Monsieur, please, I, I need you to help me. I'm, I'm Rostex, Carl. 
my, my father, he is a baronel Descartes. And he... As soon as he says that, you know, you've actually seen the name Descartes around the city during your travels. You believe it's related to do with jewelry and gemstones. If he just kind of stares at the kid blankly, like, what? I have a hard time with his accent. He opens up his mouth to speak again, and then you hear from behind the two of you, ahem. And you can see that the server that had been bringing your food and everything is looking down at the boy. And he says, go away, little urchin, before I have one of the authorities remove you. He says he's a, a Descartes. The waiter squints a little bit. He says, no, he's probably just trying to get some money for you. Get, little boy, get, go away. And then we will be leaving as well. And I will give him, how much do we owe him? Are, yeah, are we done eating? I'm done now. That he's being mean to the boy. Go ahead, roll another diplomacy check for me with no extra bonus. Have they gotten their food yet? Yeah, they've gotten their food. No. Oh, it's if he sees it, he's getting mad. She's like shoveling more escargot into her mouth because she <laughs> knows that they're going to be leaving and she really likes it. I got a 13. You got a 13? Roll the one. Oh, no. So probably I'm getting mad, so I'm not paying attention as well. And probably my scarf falls down a bit. He staggers back a step when your scarf falls a little bit. He looks disgusted and says, 20 gold solace and you leave immediately or I call the gendarmerie. You go, you get horrible scene. We're right next to the fence, right? Yeah. Yeah. If he's going to exchange a glance with Lupo. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to nod. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> You're going to let if you do this? Okay. Yeah, I'm mad at this guy. All right, what's the plan then? I'm interested to hear what this is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jumping the fence. If he's going to knock him over with her kinesis. Gently. Okay, the only way she can muster up enough force to do that is if she hits him with a blast. Mm-hmm. And that would be noticeable, right? And that could kill this man. Mm. You're, you're worried that you would punch a hole right through him with whatever you ended up hitting him with. He's not a sturdy or physical-looking man. Does he look like he's got a strong stance right now? No. If he's going to kick him in the ankle and then go after Lupo for a 19 plus 6... Okay, if he is, you're standing on your chair and trying to aim a kick for his thigh or kneecap. He shifts a little bit, and unfortunately, you kick him directly in the testicles. He makes a holler of pain and goes down yelling as he tumbles into one of the unoccupied tables surrounding your table. And <laughs> Rue, give me an acrobatics check. 27. Oh, good lord. Yeah, not only do you leap over the fence, but you land directly on top of your dog without causing any stress or anything. I look at the boy and I say, get on! You rolled well enough that you have a second or two, and he just starts clambering onto the back of your dog. All right, so you're just heading off with the boy? Yeah. I look for the closest, like, alleyway, and I move that to that. You watch as he climbs on Gorger, the little boy hops on, and the two of them just tear off down a nearby alleyway. I'm going to leave. Go ahead and give me a acrobatics check. 19 plus. Yeah, you do a similar vault. You hop up onto the chair that your cousin had been on, leap over the fence, and also land on top of your dog. 
and just start hauling ass. Even as you hear the waiter start screaming, the two of you just tear down a nearby alleyway. Yeah, we're going to stay in the back area. He starts pointing out directions for where you can go to get away from the area that you're in. Because you guys just kind of dined and dashed on a very expensive meal, too. Just made me so mad. (laughs) I just think it's funny how upset you got. You're like, all right, we're going to have to handle this guy. And I was like, what? He was mean to a little child. You start heading towards one of the slightly less nice areas, the quarter ouvrier, just making sure that you've got more than enough distance between yourselves and any of the gendarmes that might be chasing after you for this. When you finally end up in an alleyway that you can tell from a distance isn't occupied and there's nobody there that's going to mug you or anything, you feel safe enough to slow down. Little boy says, thank you for taking me out of there. Who are you really? I am who I say I am. I am Baronel's son. So why aren't you with him? Yeah. My father, there is something not right about him. What do you mean? He has not been the same for quite a while. He ended up going somewhere one evening, and when he came back, I knew that there was something different about him. Where did he go? I do not know. All I know is... If you were able to perhaps look into his things, you might be able to find something that would lead you to what happened to him. You can see him reach inside of his waistband and pull out what look like tickets, and he hands them over to you. Are they tickets to the Wax Museum? No, they are not. Looking at them a little more closely, they're not actually tickets, they're invitations. You can see that these are invitations to a costume party. The costume party itself takes place at the Maison Descartes. Obviously, we'll have to go with us stacked on top of each other because I don't think they invited any halflings. <laughs> Maybe a giant trench coat. I can be the legs. We'd be four feet tall then, wouldn't we? Yeah, but then we would just look like a really skinny dwarf or a very small man. We would be so attractive to Uncle. Is this where he went or is this... This is where I live. This is my father's house. Oh. If he's going to taste one of the tickets. It tastes like nice, papery feeling. Does it smell good, too? It does smell good. It smells very good. You think it's from the ink on it. Do you think we should maybe go back to the guy's place, Alanix? Because he could confirm if this kid's who he says he is. I'm talking to him in Halfling, by the way. He's looking at the two of you blindly anyway. It's pretty clear he does not understand Halfling. Uh, yeah, we should do that, just to be sure. Because then, then at least he's in a safe place. We're no longer on the street after we just stole some food and knocked over a waiter. Yes. Do you have any more of those escargots? I did put all the rest of them. Like, I probably grabbed them. There's snails moving up your arm. They're just, like, in my pocket. <laughs> oh, we can keep them if they're alive. <laughs> I don't think escargot no, they... survives the process. No, it does not. It would be funnier, though. The ones I had were definitely not alive. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have eaten them if they'd have been wiggling their way down my gullet. <laughs> yeah, we'll All take right. you. Um, yeah, we're going to go back to Atlantic Ray's place. Get that blue check. Yeah. We're going to stick to the, maybe some of the quieter streets because, you know, whether or not we're in the area, I don't know how many halflings on wolves are riding around the town. So, thinking about that. Actually, should we separate or do you want to go with the kid? One of us with the kid and the other one with the dogs or something? I don't think we should separate. Okay. 
what if we walk, but we let the dogs walk kind of run in the aisles around us. So it's just added because it's getting darker out, right? It is getting darker out. Yes. We would kind of look just like three homeless kids. If Uh we scamper around the alleys. Do we have anything from his home? No, just the invitations. Uh, You mean Atlantic Rays? Yeah. Oh, Rays? I don't see why you would. Because I was going to say we couldn't have them just track his smell to just go to his home. They could follow the path, but they could just stay near us, but not in sight. Yeah. You know, like if you're walking down one road, you could have them kind of run behind the buildings aside it. Yeah. Or we could, I guess, no, we don't want to take a kid that way. Here's what I'm going to have you guys do. Go ahead and give me stealth checks. Oof. I got a 23. <laughs> Six. Total? Yep. All right. I am going to flip a coin. You are so lucky. The both <laughs> of you are so lucky. You skirt behind a gendarme patrol as you are coming back to Alonic Rays. And it's only by some miracle that the two of you navigate your way back through the city to his house as effectively as you do. I maintain it's my impeccable sense of direction. (laughs) When you get to Rays, the little boy hops off of Gorger and says, I must go back to my house before my father notices I am missing. Not that he would particularly care. Well, then give us another minute. I want you to meet somebody, please. You might be safer here. I cannot stay here. I must go home. Please meet our friend. I will. It's kind of a big deal. He pounds on the door as loudly as possible like she did when she first arrived. As you do that, the man that you had met last evening but hadn't really talked to, Dr. Arthur Sedgwick, opens up the door. He's a shorter man. He's a human. Very pale skin, light hair, light eyes, and a big bushy mustache. And he says, Oh, well, hello there. Do come in. You must be Arthur. Yes, indeed. If he uh, introduces herself and Lupo and the boy. Well, I certainly don't think this little chap should be out by himself in the evening. That's something's wrong with his dad. We were figuring, like, Alana could talk to him with his smart brain. As you're saying that, <laughs> he starts coming down the staircase. <laughs> he says, well, you flatter me, but of course I would be able to speak with the boy for a moment. Tell them what you told us and more if you have it. He seems a little shell-shocked. It looks like he realizes who he's talking to. And so he looks from you guys to Alonic. He doesn't really pay any attention to Dr. Sedgwick. If he's just like, I told you he was a big deal, he's going to help. He goes over the information again. He says, Papa, he's not been the same for weeks. Is he doing anything in particular? Is he like dancing a lot or wearing different clothes or... No, but one night I was going to see him and I ended up walking to his room. And when I saw him, he was just standing there, staring at the wall. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the notes that I did have reserved said that the sculpting tool, people would use them to create things that were wrong. Does what he's saying seem like it's along the lines of what we heard that the set could do? Not necessarily. The set's abilities aren't super defined. It's just known to be a cursed item. Oh, uh, if he's going to hand Alonic the ticket that she has, the invitation. He says this is related. He says, give me a moment. And he goes and grabs one of the magnifying glasses that was hanging up in the house and starts looking it over. Uh, I'm going to inform his friend, Dr. Arthur. I feel we should warn them. (laughs) 
I say a waiter was being very rude to this boy, and so we left very quickly. Well, it shouldn't be an issue provided you paid. The demolieus, of course, seem to thrive on drama as it is, and they're certainly confrontational. Yeah, really quick. He's going to go ahead and make a sense motive check real quick. <laughs> That's not looking at them the way like, a dog that is in trouble doesn't look at you. Yeah, especially seeing Iffy's appearance. He says, I see you didn't pay for your meal. He knew about Ortolan. I must confess, I don't know what that is. Alonic Ray makes a disgusted look on his face, and he's like, was that offered to you? He told us how to get it. I only heard about it because someone said if I ever come here, I should ask about it. Who? I have seen people consume it before. It is tasteless, and I am told that it is not quite as good as it is talked about. He hands over the tickets back to you, and he says, these are legitimate. Okay. So what are they for? They're just so we could get on the property? Well, it would certainly be a good opportunity if you wanted to investigate the man's behavior further. But, oh, yeah, it's a ball, right? A costume ball, yes. I, I do happen to know of a few different tailors that may be able to work, especially with folk of your proportions. How many of folk of our proportions do you think are going to be at this party? Including yourselves, I would imagine 1% of the party. <laughs> I'm including you guys, too. There'll be 200 people. <laughs> yeah, the 200-person party. Yeah, that sounds about right. I-, I was trying to be polite, honestly. Guess how many elves are going to be there? Not even me. Do you want to come? Well, I don't see any names on these, but I certainly wouldn't want to take up a ticket from one of the two of you. We can do the trench coat thing. Yeah. He stops for a moment, and he looks from the boy to you, Iffy and then back to the boy, and then back to you, and he says, Now, do you think that a child would need a ticket to attend if they were, say, left in the care of whatever keeper is watching the children at the residence? That way I could make sure you're safe, too, while we look around. I say to the boy, whose name I already forgot. You forgot the little boy's name already? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't remember any. Like yeah. I keep calling... Ambrose Descartes. Ambrose. I am usually not allowed to have friends in the home, but I could certainly try and let you into the place, even if you do not have enough invitations. I only have the two. Do people usually bring kids to parties? Men, no. Usually they are left at home with their governesses or other people to watch them. Do you know of a way you could sneak me in? Oh, we, oui, we, oui, yes, I can do that. Are, are there any servant kids? Only one or two, but the servants are usually, unless they are working, sent away for parties. They are not invited. They go up the chimney, right? Wait, did you just say I could go up the chimney, right? Children, children, child servants go up the chimneys. Oh, yes, we, we have a young chimney sweep. He kind of smiles. Should I sneak in as a kid? Yeah, we can do that. You can do that. It's harder for me, but I could go in as a... You guys could use the tickets, and then he can let me in, but we will be separated until I get to you guys. Yeah. Okay, yeah, where where do you, how do you think you can sneak me in? I could probably sneak you in, scoozy door for the hounds. Oh, that would be easy. And then I could sneak my dog in. And mine. Well, the hounds are not allowed inside of the house. And half, like, I'm like, barbarians. Like, barbarians wouldn't allow their dogs indoors. My papa, he usually uses them for hunting, but he does not hunt anymore. He hunts dogs? Oh my god, they're pets. 
dog Gasser. Like I hug his chest, like head close to me, but he's his head's about as big as me. So yeah, Alana Ray kind of side eyes the two of you. We don't represent halflings well. <laughs> you can see Ambrose is getting very fidgety and he says, please, I have to get home before Papa sends his men to come find me. Okay, should I go with him so he can show me the way that he's going to help me in? Or can he explain it well enough to me that I feel good about going there? Let's go with him because we want to escort him home. Make sure he doesn't get hurt. And then you can see how he goes in and I'll just come back with you. Yeah. So you're both going to accompany Um, him? Maybe just me and Yesser should go because two halflings and two dogs may still be being looked for. Yeah. How far away is his home? The family estate, it is a, a small bit away. Can we just get him a cab or something? No, I guess not. Yeah, I guess, do you want me to just to go with him so he can show me how he's going to get me in? Yeah, do you have a whistle? I'm pretty sure I do. I have a silent whistle that I helped train my dog, so I'll give it to you. Little check. I have a silent whistle as well. Yeah, I could whistle if I need help, and that should at least help signal your dog, right? Yeah. Is it within range of that, John? No, it's not. From where he tells you his home is located, Alana Ray is able to tell you immediately. He lives in one of the most expensive areas of the city. It is actually called Le Domaines de la Vie Éclairie, the Estate of the Enlightened Life. Oh. Okay, I'll just take him home then. Yeah, here, here's Chalk to help mark your way if you need to mark anything. Yeah, I'll mark the way a little bit with Chalk, but yeah, I'll take him home. So I want you to give me a stealth check, but I want you to use either your or your dogs, whoever's stealth is lowest. Because you are riding a boy through the city in the evening to a place where halflings that ride dogs really don't live. And I rolled a one. No. Oh, no. As you are arriving to his home, you can see that there are two men standing well outside of the manor's gates. And both of them appear to be on high alert. One of them is a shorter man with shockingly blonde hair and a sly expression on his face, and a very large, muscular, brown-haired man. Both of them are dressed as city gendarmes, and you can see one of them is carrying a rifle. The other has a pistol held, but at his side. As soon as you come around the path that you were trying to take to sneak to the estate, they peg you. The man with the rifle actually raises his weapon for a moment before the shorter man puts his hand on it and says to lower it. Stop right there. Does the kid seem like he's... He's got a pained expression on his face. He looks nervous. Probably should stop, huh? Yeah. He says, yes, you should stop. Okay, I stop. The man strides forward. Let's see if he recognizes you as an adult halfling woman or not. I'm going to roll a perception check, and I want you to roll your disguise check. I got a 17. He's like, you children, you should not be riding around on such a big, stinky animal. Get down. I need you to get down. Ambrose slides off the back of the dog and kind of walks over to him. And the man leans down, and he looks at you specifically, if he says, little girl, it is far too late for little girls to be outside running around. You live close to here? Her eyes are going to get glassy and her lower lip's going to start trembling and she's just going to nod with a big sad baby face on her. All right, give me a bluff check on that one. We'll see if he believes you. How well do you act? 
like a buffoon, apparently, whenever I'm given the chance. <laughs> no. I can take a 10 on bluff checks to convince others I'm telling the truth as long as my story makes me seem innocent. Correct. You can. Good remember on that one. Um, And I have a plus five to bluff. He says, okay, well, little girl, you be safe going home. We do not want anything to happen to little girls who are on their way home. This is one of the best parts of the city, but you still must be careful. I give him a tremulous smile and I go, Missy. And I hop back on my dog, glance at the kid to make sure he's okay. He gives you a little small wave before the man tugs his arm a little bit, not like hard or like aggressively. And he says, Ambrose, you must come. This is crazy you are out so late. And then I'm going to I'm going to give him a little wave and I'm going to ride off into the night. (laughs) You managed to make it back to Alana Cray's residence without any other encounters. Oh, God, I look like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, of course, as soon as she gets there, she's going to burst and tell Lupo all about it. (laughs) Right, for his part, because he kind of listens into it, he says, this is certainly interesting. We'll have to get costumes tomorrow. I didn't get to see where he's going to let us in, so that part might get interesting. I mean, he described where, but we'll just have to figure that one out. I wish Jack was here. He's so good at forging things. Jackson Mm -hmm. is tremendously talented in the art of forgery. I do have to give him that. He could have made as many invitations as we'd have wanted. It wouldn't have been a problem for him. But with that in mind, I think I may have a plan to get you close enough that it wouldn't be too much of a problem. Am I going to have to cling to the bottom of the carriage? What? (laughs) No, that would be dangerous, especially most of the roads here are cobbled. No, I was going to brew up a potion to make both you and your dog invisible for a short amount of time. Sounds amazing. If he's so aboard. Wow. I love that like prison break plan that you had, by the way. I watched a lot of Zoros, and I'm pretty sure that's a pretty common thing in those and Westerns. And we pick up on the next morning after the exciting evening that our little halfling friends had. So if he does have disguise kits, if that would be helpful for their break-in. She only knows how to disguise people as children, though, so her skills may not be useful for anyone else. Well, Arthur Sedgwick, for his part, is making a little bit of breakfast for everyone as you're seated at the dining room table that they have there. Alana Gray says, I'm pretty good at disguises myself. I've actually made it through Falcovnia in disguise before. That's impressive. Is that impressive? (laughs) Falcovnia, I I forgot. Is Falcovnia the one that has slaves? Correct. Falcovnia is the humanocentric fascist state that borders most of the countries that you are visiting and are from. It's also the breadbasket of the core, so ironically, it's one of the main reasons that everybody hasn't decided to take them all out. Oh, if he is totally digging in, by the way, she is horsing down breakfast like it's the first time she's ever had it. Oh, yeah, this is not standard Damalu's fare. A lot of it is heartier, big sausages and things like that. Arthur, you are an amazing cook, if he says, as she grabs more food and shovels it into her gullet. Yeah, as I'm eating, I'm like, me bite, gorger bite, me bite, gorger bite. <laughs> yeah, and both dogs, by the way, really love the heck out of both of these guys. They do not have any negative reaction to them. That makes them automatically good in Ify's book. Ray, for his part, says, now, we will want to make certain that whatever costuming we get, We make sure that it looks expensive and luxurious. Everything is about perception here and what people think. So we'll need to spend probably quite a bit of money on our outfit. I have some jewelry and some other pieces that I would be able to lend, but 
I would still imagine it's probably going to be an expensive notion. How expensive? I would wager for an outfit fine enough to attend this ball without arousing much in the way of suspicion, probably at least 150 gold per person. Do we believe that, or are you just, you're sneaking in, right? We all need disguises, right? No, I woke up earlier this morning, and some of the little concoctions that I made, I made certain to set aside two potions for you. Okay, so I won't need a costume, just Lupo and Alonic. Yeah, they're they're not full potions, they're technically extracts, so we'll want to make certain that you use them within a short period of time. I don't want them to have any issues. I stand by my work, though. Okie dokie. He actually hands you two small stoppered glass vials. At first, it doesn't look like they have anything in them, but when you shake one of them, you see little tiny bubbles for a fraction of a second before they disappear. She's like, this is so cool. And she puts them in her little belt pouch. So let's go get some outfits. I don't have any. I have 11 gold. (laughs) Okay, I got you. As they're sitting at the table, if he's going to take gold from her own, like she's just going to give him her gold purse and take his. So you now have my gold purse, which has 515 gold pieces in it to use for your shopping. She doesn't want you to be embarrassed by lack of funds. Hopefully you'll give it back when you get back. (laughs) And we can montage the whole outfit shopping and it's like Lupo stepping out in an outfit and me and Alonic and Arthur all shake our heads. Yeah, one of Alonic's got like his, his hand up to his lip and he just shakes his head like, no, no, no come out and like I go up and like take the hat off and put it on my head and <laughs> there's funky upbeat techno music play I might even get some to play in this part just so it really sounds like a montage there's like a moment where we all come out in fancy outfits <laughs> and then finally like you come out in the one and we all like nod and yeah that's the one thumbs up there's cheers I love how atmospheric we make our Ravenloft games. We probably roped in one of the, like, the salespeople, and they're there also cheering and applauding. Now, what sort of costume would you get for yourself, Lupo? Okay, with history, would I know like a Rougarou tale or a... Wasn't there a werewolf in the wax museum? Was, yeah, there was, wasn't there? No, the werewolf was outside. Oh, Okay. But is there like tales in this area about like a werewolf or a wolf-like creature? Like, um... Give me that history check and I will let you know. And if he's going to ask Alonic, see if he has any knowledge of the history in the area. Ah, okay. Clever. Clever if he. Let me go put my ice in my tea really quick. This is no, lycanthropy isn't something that one encounters quite a lot in Demont Liu. In fact, it doesn't appear that quite a lot of any sort of mythical animals are otherwise in Demont Liu. How about my home? Darkon has a bunch of mythical animals. Any wolf or wolf people? There's tales of lycanthropes in Darkon, but... Let's do a fallen noble theme. Okay. Like a pretty boy turned beastly. Oh, yeah, like cursed for his vanity? Yeah, like a Beauty and the Beast thing? That's... Yeah. That's Ooh. Kind of... Okay. Now, how much money are you willing to spend on this outfit for all the accoutrements and everything? He said about 150, right? Yeah, if you spend a little more, it will give you a bonus. But I'm not telling you how much more you spend to get what kind of bonus. Oh, I don't want to spend too much. Ooh, you can rob his house when we're there, right? Yeah, I mean... I'm going to spend 50 gold more, so it'll be too hard. I was going to say, a solid two is a good idea. It was vanity that turned the beautiful man ugly or something like that. The beautiful boy into a beast. Oh, that's really sad. You're a little clear that you'd be a beautiful boy beast. 
<laughs> what about weapons? Would you guys be able to take weapons in? Yeah, would I? Or would I have to leave it behind? Ray thinks about it for the moment, and he says it would in most likelihood have to be peace bonded, if nothing else. So they would probably just make sure that it was attached to the scabbard, if it's a blade. I say these aren't just for looks at the point to my teeth. <laughs> he nods and he says, don't worry, I'll bring a couple of surprises with us just in case. Am I going to have to leave Wolfsong behind? My giant sword? You're sneaking in. Yeah. Do I want to be caught with a two-handed greatsword on me or not? Probably better to leave it. All right. You can take my sickle. I should be okay. I got adamantine sling bullets that I can take with me. Okay, so we, we got our costumes. We got a vague plan. You guys go in with invitations. I'm going in invisible. Am I going in behind you guys, or am I looking for the dog door the kid was talking about? Well, if you're invisible, how long will it last? It'll only last a handful of minutes, so you'll need to make it count when you're getting past any of the groupings that'll be out front of the manor. That dog door idea would have been nicer. Damn. Do we want to take our dogs? Because if you go in alone, you'll have two potions. Yeah. I was going to leave Yester outside, probably within range maybe, where he would potentially hear the silent whistle if I was in danger, but... I guess I could do that with my dog. Because that way, at the very least, if we could get to a window, we could get help if we're being chased by wax figures or something. Or escape. And we probably should arrive together. For his part, Ray says, you may want to leave the dogs at my home in the area that we'll be in. It's quite possible that some of the gendarmes or private guards there might try to do something unseemly to one of your animals. I clutched yesterday to my chest, his giant head. Not my beautiful boy. Quite frankly, I'm amazed that you made it through the area in the darkness. It wasn't easy. Okay, so we'll leave the dogs behind. I guess I'll leave my weapon and my armor behind. I'm still going to disguise myself as a child just in case. Uh, Lonic Ray will assist you. So do you want to roll to see if you can assist him with the disguise check? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, give me a tenner better on your check. You know what? Don't even worry about it. Don't worry about it at all. He nat 20'd? He nat 20'd it. (laughs) Nice. You've never looked more like a child, even when you were an actual child. I'm so dewy. <laughs> Lupo, you wouldn't recognize your cousin as a halfling. She looks like a human girl. He's so weird. Am I adorable? I mean, you're human. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> we converse in halfling. I don't want to offend the human in the room. He probably knows halfling. He probably does. He does not. Oh. Good for him. <laughs> I have protection from evil potion and a potion of shield of faith, so I have armor if I need it. Guys, I have a, I don't, I think this is going to go very poorly. If he has to be sneaky and, oh, okay, yeah, we're ready. I'll give you guidance. So for the first minute, you can roll, you get a plus one to a single skill check. Nice. When you leave me. You all get dressed and ready for the event and head towards the Maison du Decal. The place is lit up beautifully. It looks like they had a lot of people spend a lot of time decorating. As you arrive, you can see that there's a queue of people going in. There's a couple of guards. It looks like not gendarmes. These look like private guards for the most part in the area. If he went, are you going to pop your invisibility potion? How long does it seem like the walk up the path is? Like the well-lit area to get to the door? 
because you said it only lasts a few minutes. I don't want to take it and then be in the middle of the spotlight. It lasts four minutes, but you can run when you're invisible. Okay. So, All right, I guess I'll go now and sneak in. Good luck. And I'll take one of them and head on inside. As you are getting ready to drink it, Ray says in a quiet voice, I'll make a little distraction. And you see him reach up in the sleeve of the outfit that he's wearing. And he pulls out a little glass vial and flicks it off into the distance. When it hits, it shoots off a couple of colored lights into the sky that have loud sounds that follow behind them for a moment. Nice. A vial of fireworks. Yeah, and everybody claps. And if he is hopefully slipping in through the doors and... Give me a stealth check. And then I am going to make a roll. And she's going to immediately be looking for like servants areas because that's probably going to be an easier area for her to hide in since guests would not be there theoretically. 19. Okay. You slip off completely unnoticed. There's more than enough hubbub that especially with the aid of invisibility, you're like a ghost. Nobody sees you and you went almost effortlessly between people to the point where you almost brush up against a few people, but don't. Ironically, the side of the house that you went to appears to be the one that has the entrance for the animals in it. You can hear barking in the distance and you see a gated area where the dogs are kept behind. You can see that all you need to do is lift a latch to get inside the door. Well, the other problem is you'll have to go past a couple of the dogs to get in. But you can see the latch on the door. And that'll get me into the house itself? It'll let you get over to the door that they use to let the hounds in and out of the area where their kennel is attached to the house. Okay, can I take a trail ration out of my bag and I'm going to tear it up a bit and toss it into the dog's kennels. Okay, go ahead and make a handle animal roll to see how effective you are at drawing their attention. Yeah, I only got a 10. Okay, a couple of them head over to it, but like one or two look a little confused as to where this food just came from. Are they between me and the door? No, they're just kind of chilling out right now. Like, they look in the direction the bread came from, but they're not growling or anything. I'm going to slip that way, to the doorway. All right, you mentally undo the latch on the door. Yeah. Because it's too high for you to reach it physically. It pops up, and you slip by the dogs. Nice. And you see the flap that leads inside. I'm going to use my power to pull the flap out a little bit so I can peek in to make sure that no one's in the way. There's nobody inside currently, and you see that it looks like the door to the interior of the house also has a a relatively simple bar on it that you'd be able to lift with your powers. Okay, I would like to slip inside then. Through the doggy door, I don't think I need to unlatch the door. Well, the dogs don't have access. To the dog oh. door just lets them into like an internal kennel, which has a connecting door to the okay, house. Then yeah, I'll um, lift up the bar with my mind. As you slip inside, you realize you've slipped into a kitchen and no one has noticed you're there. Are people bustling about doing their normal kitchen stuff? They are. They seem to be at this point hurriedly plating things and getting stuff ready to go out. Are there any exits? There are. There are two doors in the room from where you came in. There would be a door to your right and a door directly ahead of where you're at, out the other side of the kitchen. Which door do they seem to be serving and going out of? The one that is across the kitchen from you. And the door to my right, is that close? 
The door to your right is closer. It's much closer than the door across the kitchen is. Does it look like I could slip there if I was stealthy and get through the door without them seeing me? Yeah, the door is partially open and you don't really see anybody looking over there or anything. I'm going to start sneaking over there. If it looks like anyone's going to look in my direction, I'm going to use my telekinesis to knock one of the drinks off of one of the platters that's getting ready to go out. Well, fortunately, you don't have to do that. Everybody else is so preoccupied that nobody notices as the door creaks open a little bit and you slip through before it creaks back shut. Okay. Am I still invisible at this point or no longer? You are currently. I am? Well, yeah, you're not sure how much longer it's going to last, but yeah, you don't think anybody could see you. Okay. And what's around me now? You are in a hallway. You can also see a staircase that leads up to presumably the next level of the house. It looks like it's not the main staircase. It looks like it might be a servant's staircase. The Lord of the Manor doesn't normally live on the first floor, right? Correct. And because I don't remember, why is he here? I got so involved with sneaking into the place, I totally don't remember why I snuck in in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) You were sneaking in to try and look for information on Baronel Descartes or to try and connect with his son so he could help you, like, explore, like, the house. And from what I remember from reading Flowers in the Attic, kids are left um, upstairs. Oh, you can tell what books scarred me as a child. Yeah, I think everybody in our generation got hit with that one. Anyone who wanted to read. Yeah, everyone's mother had a copy of it, and little hands were just close enough to reach it from underneath the spot where it was in the living room. You got caught by that, right, Rue? No, you avoided flowers in the attic? Good on you. Oh. I just feel bad for anybody who that's like a sexual awakening for. Anywho, so Rue. This is probably the nicest guy. He doesn't have a mat. He doesn't have his uh, scarf on. He's got to feel so naked. Yeah. Lupo, you have had quite a different experience than your cousin has so far. Rather than running in panic and wondering whether or not anyone can see you, you're wondering why you're here. <laughs> well, I mean, there's that, too. But instead, you are actually one of the centers of attention at this party. Ah, you're exotic. With the structure of your face and the outfit that you have, people are convinced that you have used some kind of magic or some kind of makeup trickery or maybe Lamortian science even to make yourself look like that. And people come up and marvel at it. They touch you on the face. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh. (laughs) Très realistique. I wonder how he gets it like that. It is amazing. Maybe you should ask him. (laughs) The people that touched you look at each other when you say that, and then... (laughs) Oh, bite off a finger. Most of the people here, by the way, are human. You realize that you and Alonic are probably maybe like out of five total non-humans. And a secret six. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, there's also an infiltrator. We, we, we'll we get back to that one in a minute or two here. I'm going to hold back my anger being touched upon the face and I will laugh with them as well. And I'm going to like try to start up conversations about the Baron. Okay. Baron L. Descartes. Yes. And I would like to know more about him. Okay, give me a diplomacy or knowledge nobility check. I'll take whichever one you can make. I'm I'm gonna go with diplomacy. (laughs) Ray separates from you pretty quickly. He seems to be going around and asking questions of his own from people. 
19. You acquit yourself pretty well, especially with your quote-unquote excellent costume that everyone is raving over. Eventually, as you're asking questions about the Baronel, you find out that he is, in fact, an importer of gems and other jewels. Usually they do come from Sri Raji. Some of them also end up coming from Darkhan or other sources, although he's loath to reveal to anybody where these other sources may be, especially the large rubies that he can acquire. Baronel's wife passed away about two years ago due to an illness, and he has one son who is known to have emotional or mental issues named Ambrose. At least that's what everybody seems to gather based on the information they have. The boy isn't allowed out in public much. You haven't seen him at the party. And give me a perception check really quickly. 22. You've noticed that you're being followed by a man with very, very blonde hair who is dressed like a wooden soldier, complete with what looks to be a wooden sword at his side. And he has been following you throughout the crowd. You've noticed a couple of other people continually looking over at you and then signaling to this guy through the crowd, but he hasn't come near you yet or approached you in any fashion. And you are pointed in the direction of the Baronel. Currently, he is speaking to an extraordinarily, almost painfully thin man who is dressed in a devil costume. Extraordinarily thin man. Yeah, he looks almost skeletal. He's that gaunt. He only looks to be about five and a half feet tall. He's a good head shorter than the Baronel, who's a relatively normal-sized human. But the man's so skinny and so angular that he looks taller than he is. Does he seem like a very small human man or a tall, skinny, beardless dwarf? No. He certainly isn't as small or as large as Petters. The white-haired guard only saw me last night, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... He part of the gendarme? Because if he was, he might recognize a halfling. He was yeah. wearing a gendarme outfit the night previous. You think our climbs are going to crunch up with us? I'm going to try to work my way by working the crowd to the Baronel. Okay, I mean, you've already laid pretty good groundwork. You had a decent diplomacy score, and we're talking to a few people, so it's not too hard to get over to them as they're speaking. Both men turn to look down at you. Is it proper to bow to a Baronel? His name is Baronel. He's just wealthy. He's not a baron. And I will incline my head. <laughs> Give me a diplomacy check to see how well you can handle etiquette. Ooh, that is a 16 plus 12, 28. Oh, yeah, you toss in a full bow. You look like a courtly little wolf boy gentleman as you approach. Both of the gentlemen give you rather stiff bows in return, and the Baronel says, I am not particularly acquainted with you, my friend, but it is a pleasure to meet your acquaintance. That is quite the outfit I see you have on. And the other man is staring down at you, and he says, Yes, very creative. Uh, <laughs> oof, I will say I was excited to be invited to such a prestigious to-do and I wanted to thank the host appropriately. Well, he seems very pleased. He gives you a, a little bit of a, like a weak smile. He seems kind of stiff. And he says, well, it is always quite intriguing to have foreign friends here. The other shorter man, the really, really skinny one, looks you over for a moment. He says, I presume you are Darkonian by your accent? Yes, yes. I was here on business. 
and I was lucky to be uh, given a uh, invitation. I see, I see. And if I may ask, as one sculptor to another, what was it that you used to achieve that unique costume of yours, especially the facial prosthetics? The Baronel's a sculptor. No, this is the other guy. And the Baronel says, "Oh, my apologies. This here is Alexandre Dussier. He owns Maison Dussier, the wax museum." I was patronized your your establishment, and it was um, your work is. Now I have a question, Rue. Does Lupo believe what he's saying, or are you trying to find a neutral enough word to describe it? Because it was a grotesquerie to him. <laughs> evocative. <laughs> yeah, evocative. An evocative. I'm going to ask display. you to roll me a bluff check based on how he actually felt about that. Okay. Yeah, because bluffs can be evocative. To <laughs> evoke feelings of grotesqueness. Come on. Oof. 13. He regards you silently for a long moment and says, you should come by tomorrow at some point then. We are doing an unveiling of one of my newest pieces. I would enjoy seeing that. He gives a simple nod and says, I look forward to it. Now, if you will excuse me, I must take my leave. Tusir wanders off. Do you really have anything else to say to the Baronel? Should I give up this kid? Don't throw Ambrose under the bus. Well, I don't want to get my... I, I feel like I'm in trouble with the guards. <laughs> so if I make it seem like your kid's out there spewing lies. You could also get Ambrose in a lot more trouble than we'll be in. Do I really care about him? I do. <laughs> yeah, you cared enough to make us dine and dash and become <laughs> wanted criminals throughout a city that we are not, not don't belong in. Okay, I'm not going to say you're necessarily wanted criminals because you guys bailed on a meal, but like at the same time, like you didn't really help your public opinion of like the two of you. Or of halflings in general, I'm sure. Yeah, there's not a lot of halflings anyway, but yeah. I'm- I know, so those who hear about it will think that's how all halflings are. That's how racism starts. I'm going to say the Baron and I are just standing there now. Yeah. I like to imagine you guys have just been silently looking at each other this whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're doing this in real time. You've just been silent for like two minutes. I will say. I got to go pee and then run. <laughs> That's how it would handle it. Well, does he have anything interesting in this area? Like, because he, he's rich. So does he have anything interesting? This party is decorated more just like a fancy soiree. I mean, he's got nice artwork on the walls and the serving dishes and everything else are silver. This is a very wealthy man. You can tell that. But he's not overly ostentatious. You would actually call him even fairly reserved for what usually happens in Damali's high society. I work in antiquities in my home country, and I know a man of your travels might come across many of them, and I would be interested if you had any. He unblinkingly kind of looks at you and he says, we can certainly discuss this at another time that is more advantageous than right now when I am entertaining, but I appreciate the offer. Well, of course, of course, it's your Descartes. We're going to hop back now to Ify. Ify's going to head upstairs because she's going to think that there's probably not the most important places downstairs. Okay. Um, And at least she might be able to find Ambrose. So you slip up the stairs. You can see that there's a little velvet rope stretched across this area. So it looks like it's maybe a back hallway or an area where people aren't normally supposed to go. She ducks the rope. 
you go up the staircase. As you reach the top of the staircase, you can see that there's on the far end of the hallway that it leads into, there's a big mirror and you see yourself in it. I start for a moment because I think it's a human child. (laughs) And then I continue creeping down the hallway. The staircase you went up looks more like a servant's staircase because where you come out is kind of concealed from the rest of the hallway. But there is a hall running far down ahead of you, and it branches off about in the middle of it towards the left. There's doors set on either side, a couple of them each side of the hallway. Do they have keyholes or cracks underneath them? Most of them don't look like they have locking mechanisms to them. If he's going to assume that rich people like lockable doors on their own doors, but not on their servants' doors. So she's going to keep on creeping. She gets up to the area where it branches off and heads down through the rest of the house. Looks like a cross hallway. And you see on the second floor, scampering down the hallway, is Ambrose. Can I wave to get his attention? Let's see if he notices you waving, because he's kind of like... I'm going to tap on his shoulder with my telekinesis. Okay, as he's kind of like running off into the distance, you tap him on the shoulder and he startles, looks around the room really quickly before he notices you there. And then he really quickly dashes up to you and he says, you came, you came. I did not think you would come, but you came. How did you get in? I did not even show you how to do it. It wasn't easy. Where do we need to go? What do you need to know? I can take you around the whole house. We just have to be careful if there are adults about or some of the guards. Does your dad have a study or an office? We, oui, we. Oui. Let's go there first. Okay, we must be careful, though. We cannot let any of the staff see us, so we must be very quiet. Okay. All right, so both of you are going to make stealth rolls. I hope I'm going to the right place. I don't even know what I'm looking for. Wow, he is surprisingly quiet. What is well, I hope I can match. He's used to hiding from the beatings. Oh. No, that's horrible. I got a 15. Luckily, he got a much higher score than you did. The only thing that the servant who's walking down the hall sees is a child slip into a room. That's not abnormal here. No, it's not abnormal. It appears that this room is a seating area and it has a connecting door that leads to the study. In this room, there's a lot of shelves full of books. There's what appears to be some kind of strange water pipe seated on a table of uh, foreign design. There's a lot of nice furnishings in this room. Oh, I bet that costs 200 skulls, if he thinks to herself. Uh, (laughs) And she's going to creep up to the door and listen to make sure that no one's conducting party business inside. Okay, you hear nothing from inside. But one thing you notice is the door appears to be locked. He says... Papa, Papa must have locked it. He usually has a key, but normally he does not lock it unless he has found me in there and then he locks it for a while. Can I get out my thieves tools? Yes. He actually drags a chair over to help you get up on so you can try and pick the lock on this door. Ambrose, you're so awesome. I'm going to feed this kid's ego because I feel like he's not getting a lot of attention at home. Well, this is important. I must help. Absolutely. So I'm going to get out my thieves tools and hopefully pick this lock. All right. Try and pick that lock. Okay. What do they give me as addition to my bonus? Plus two. Plus two. Okay. Four. No. Did you roll a one? No, I rolled a two. Okay. Well, good. Because that means that none of your picks get stuck. Oh, wait. No, I would have gotten a six total. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, it does not budge. Can I try again? You can. 
I'm like, keep a lookout, Ambrose. He says, okay. You got this. That is a 14. 14, it still does not pop the lock. Try again. Well, Ambrose says, oh no, Leonard is coming. Can we hide underneath the, the furniture? You certainly can. Let's try and hide under the furniture. Is there anywhere we can hide that's like a good hiding spot? There is what looks like a cabinet in here. It's probably going to be the best place for at least one of you to hide. Which one of us is stealthier? So far, he has been. Good, then he should not hide in the closet. Okay, fair enough. He's like, I will I will hide underneath the divan. Okay. Oh my god. He like ninja slides underneath of it. Like this this kid disappears. I also figured if one of us gets caught, I'm probably the one that'll get in more trouble. Yeah, that's true. I slip into the cabinet. Give me that stealth roll. 21. Oh, you are so lucky you climbed into the cabinet instead of trying to hide out in the open. <laughs> you see the blonde-haired man from last night come in. He starts rooting around in the room, looking behind some of the pieces of furniture. It's not like a fully hearted look, but you see him digging around because he's feeling suspicious. You think that you may have been noticed by that servant when you were coming in. He does not find you. There are several close calls. You think that he's about to lift the divan up from off top of where Ambrose is, but he doesn't. And then he leaves. I wait till I'm sure the coast is clear and then slip back out and tell Ambrose, keep watch again. I'm going to go try the lock again. He finally gets back from out of the divan and goes, oh, okay. Unless you know how to pick a lock. You're like, no, I don't. Okay. On the beaver dam, we learned how to pick locks young. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't. Okay. I finally got a good one. I got a 19 plus four. You pop the lock. Third time oh. is absolutely the charm. First time. Every time. He giggles. I'm kill. I will continue looking. She's going to push the chair back where it belongs so that no one notices again, and she's going to head into the study. You slip into the study. There's a ton of papers all over a desk in here. You notice that there's also a lot of the surfaces in here have a very light coating of dust on them. That's weird. And it appears like this room connects to Descartes' private quarters. Can I glance over the stuff on the desk and see if anything stands out? You can. Give me an intelligence check. Okay, and I'm going to tell Ambrose if he hears anyone coming to come into this room and we'll shut and lock the door again. You hear him say, okay, from the distance. Okay, an intelligence check? Mm-hmm. We might have set the wrong halfling. <laughs> I mean... 11. That's enough for you to find a couple of pieces of information. You look through a lot of the papers and you realize that he's pretty good about dating his stuff. Most of the papers that he's written or anything that he seems to have interacted with are dated about a week ago or older. There's a lot of new seemingly correspondence and bills and stuff that have been placed on the desk that don't even look like they've been interacted with. And the kid said his dad's been like this for weeks, right? Not just a week? He's, he said he's not certain exactly how long it's been. Okay. Is there anything else of note? It doesn't look like in here. Okay, I'm going to go and listen to the door to the bedroom. The door, as you go to listen to it, like you go to kind of cup your hand and put it on there, it actually swings open a little bit. It looks like it's unlocked. Is there anyone in there? No. Okay, I'm going to go in and start looking around. 
Okay, it's a fairly opulent chamber in here. It's like a really, really nice bedroom. This man is clearly very wealthy. Give me a perception roll. Steal stuff. We're good guys. 16. You look through the room a bit. The only thing that you really find that's of note is a leather-bound diary. Okay, I'm taking that, though. Books are power. I'm going to slip that in my bag of holding. Okay, you just grab it? First of all, I'm going to pick stuff up with my TK because I don't want to be touching things. Okay. Because I worry about traps. Because I know I don't know how to tell if there's a trap or not. So yeah, I'm going to pick it up with my TK and bring it over and make sure there's writing in it. Yeah, when you open it up, there is writing in it. It starts to scream. <laughs> yeah, it bites you. It's a monster. I'm prepared for explosive runes today. I bite it back. <laughs> it's got writing in it? Correct, yeah. And it just looks like a diary? Do you like look through it? Yeah, I'm going to flip to the end real fast and see what's going on. Okay, you notice, similarly to the bills and correspondence that was piled on the table, the entries of this diary stop about, again, it's not exactly a week, it's like more like nine days ago. And the last entry is him mentioning that he was specifically invited to attend a private showing of the newest exhibit at the House of Wax, and that he had advanced to Sear a sizable sum for the creation of the tableau. The records stop after that day in his diary. Does this journal look like any of the books that were in the uh, room that had books in it? It's similarly bound and stuff to some of them, but... Yeah, I'm going to go grab one of those and put it where I got this one, and I'm going to keep the journal. So at a glance, there's a book where a book's supposed to be. Okay, fair enough. Um, Is there anything else of interest in the room? There's nice furnishings. He's got a set of crystal goblets and personal liquors, almost like a mini bar. Are you looking to, like, take valuables, or...? No, I am looking for clues. Okay, yeah, there's no... She could take things, but if he also thinks that they're the good guys, so... Yeah, there's no more clues as far as that's concerned. Okay. She's gonna slip back to where Ambrose is and peek out into the hallway to see if it's clear. As you peek out into the hallway, you see the man with the bright blonde hair walk past again. But it does not seem like he has noticed you. He seems to be heading back down to the party. Yeah, I'm just going to keep watch to see if he continues down that way before we decide to leave this room. He heads down the stairs and seemingly back towards the party. I'm trying to think if there's any other places that I could look for clues. Was I just invited to a new... Exhibit, yeah. Yeah, there's no more reason for us to be at the party, right? You came and got what you wanted. You got some information. The things I know are that this guy went to see a waxwork thing. He came back different. The guy that owns the waxwork thing has a first item from our shop that can cause you to make things bad. If he's kind of got some concerns based on the vague knowledge she has that the Baronel's now a wax person and Ambrose might be in some actual danger. But she's not going to tell the kid that because that's weird. Well, I mean, he hasn't been hurt thus far. so Yeah, so she's just going to tell him, be really careful. We're going to go see what happened at the wax place. Just be real careful because your dad might be sick. And if this guy who owns the wax museum comes by, don't talk to him or go with him anywhere. He's bad news. He gets a very serious look on his face and he nods. He says, I will be certain to keep myself safe. You have to keep yourself safe, too. We will. We'll do our best. He Does he have a mom or any other family members that we know of? He doesn't. Okay. I'm going to tell him, if you're ever in trouble, go. you know how to get back to Alonic's place, right? He says, yes, I'm pretty good with directions, so I can find my way. 
okay, well, if anything ever happens and you need to run, you go there. And if nothing else, you can come stay with us, okay? Okay, I will do that. Thank you. If you need help, tell them to get in contact with Jackson and Ify, and we'll take care of you. Okay, Jackson and Ify, yes. Yeah. And he gives you a hug. She doesn't say Lupo because Lupo seems... Well, yeah, she'll say Lupo. She also didn't want to give him Lupo's name because Lupo right now is the only person who hasn't given a name. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) if someone, that's the main reason she didn't give him Lupo's name is just because Lupo and his appearance, two and two might go together. She wants to keep him safe. And Jackson's on another continent. Jackson's fine. (laughs) There's nothing they can do with him. Um, So, yeah. So she's like, if he and Jack, he's going to think that you're Jackson. Hey, I'll be Jackson. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she's like, if he and Jackson, and we'll try and help you out. Okay. But stay safe and we'll send you a message. We know what's going on. It's okay. You be safe. You take care of yourself. Okay. And then she's going to start slipping back, I guess. Is there an easier way out besides the kitchen? We can take the dumbwaiter. Where will that go? Well, it will bring us down towards where the kitchen is, but it is easier to slip out. Okay. I know of a side door on the house. Could you rock? He actually loads you into the dumbwaiter first. And when you hop out, you're in what appears to be a storage room. Is there anything of interest in here that's a clue? It looks like they use that dumbwaiter mostly for loading stuff on there and then bringing it up to make beds or something up on the top floor. Okay. Can she see an easy way to slip out of the kitchen? He, you see him step forward as he climbs out of the dumbwaiter coming down after you. And he's like, I know the way. And he just reaches and grabs the handle and opens up the door from the inside. And sure enough, you're out in the hallway. He points to a door about 100 feet away from you that you just kind of have to sprint to. He's like, we can get you out the side. Okay, I'll head that way. All right. And are you taking your invisibility potion? Is there anyone who can see us that go down that hallway? You so hear noise from ahead. Like you think that you're pretty close to where they're having a lot of the party. Okay. Yeah, I'll go ahead. I'm going to be like, I'm going to go invisible. Okay. That way I don't scare the kid. And I'm going to be like, I'll need to open up the door at the end. So I'll see you later. And I'm going to take the drink and then start down the hallway and try and let myself out. Okay, you start down the hallway, and as you're slipping out the doorway, you can see one of the bigger guards come out. He looks and he says, What are you doing out of bed? Your father will be very mad if he catches you down here. And you can see Ambrose has a little bit of a a smirk on his face and just runs back to the stairway that you had gone up initially. Cool, I head on out. What happened to Baron Elder Card at the Maison du Cire? Will Ambrose be safe while his father acts so strangely? And will Lupo ever be able to wear that snazzy costume again? Find out the answers to some of these questions and more on the next episode of Ravenloft Tiny Terrors. Ravenloft is a registered trademark owned by Wizards of the Coast Incorporated. The Pathfinder role-playing game is trademarked by Paizo Incorporated. Our theme song, Spooky Halloween Trailer, was composed by Toy Invention and is used under a commercial license that includes sync licensing. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can always email us at realplaygamespodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at realplaypod. If you'd like to support the show, please visit our Patreon at www.patreon.com 
forward slash real play games pod and get early and exclusive content in exchange for helping us pay the rent.